This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA specialists. Good morning. Our top stories. The hunt for the California dance club shooter is over. Police found and surrounded the man they believe was responsible for the chaos. Find out what's known so far about him. Rioting breaks out in Atlanta over the weekend in connection with a proposed police training facility. Protesters smash windows and set ablaze a police vehicle. The Justice Department searches President Biden's Delaware home. More documents with classified markings turn up. And Germany might give its approval to Poland for sending German tanks to Ukraine. That's after Poland signaled that it could send the tanks without Germany's approval. Falun Gong founder Mr. Lee hong Jur publishes an urgent message for the world's people. We share what he has to convey and where you can read it. Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan. Today is Monday, January 23rd. My colleague Evelyn is off for a few days this week. Let's take a look at the news from over the weekend. First, an update on the Monterey Park shooting in California. The manhunt for the suspect who shot and killed 10 people at a dance club is over. Authorities found him dead inside a van yesterday. Police say he died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg with more on what's known so far about the suspect. A SWAT team and bomb squad surrounded the suspect's white van in Torrance, California, Sunday morning. The standoff lasted for hours. A gunshot rang out when police got closer to the van and ordered the suspect to get out. The dead man inside was identified as 72-year-old Hu Can Tran. Investigators say several pieces of evidence found inside the van linked Tran to both Saturday's shooting at the Star Ballroom Dance Studio in Monterey Park and a thwarted attempt at another dance club nearby. Authorities say about a half hour after the attack in Monterey Park that left 10 people dead and 10 others injured, the gunman entered the Lilai Ballroom in Alhambra. People there managed to grab the gun away from him. He was disarmed by two community members who I consider to be heroes because they saved lives. This could have been much worse. Witnesses say the gunman escaped and drove away in a white van. That information, along with surveillance camera footage and the suspect's description, helped authorities track him down. Congresswoman Judy Chu assured the community it was now safe, but said many questions still need answers. Did he have a mental illness? Was he a domestic violence abuser? How did he get these guns? And was it through legal means or not? Tran's ex-wife says he was once a regular patron at the Monterey venue where she met him two decades ago. He used to give informal dance lessons there. The Los Angeles County Sheriff says the motive is still not clear. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. Another protest in Atlanta has turned violent over the proposed building of a police training facility. Someone set a police cruiser on fire during Saturday's rioting and smashed windows at a Wells Fargo bank. The rioters say they are upset about a fatal incident at a separate demonstration they held on Wednesday. A protester was killed after reportedly shooting a Georgia police officer. Demonstrators have spent months protesting the proposed building of the police training facility. Police say they found explosive materials and weapons while removing 25 campsites around the training center property. Authorities arrested six people during Saturday's riot, including on charges of arson and domestic terrorism. 
Meanwhile in Boston, House Minority Whip Kathleen Clark's son, Jared Riley Dowell, who identifies as female, was arrested. He reportedly sprayed anti-cop graffiti and assaulted a police officer. Clark wrote on Twitter that this is a very difficult time in the cycle of joy and pain in parenting. In related news, freelance journalist David Peisner faced a wave of online criticism after questioning on CNN whether the rioting in Atlanta was violent. Fox News reported that his Twitter account shared a GoFundMe page in support of Manuel Tehran, who had allegedly shot at Georgia State troopers. The Justice Department searched President Biden's home in Delaware on Friday. They found more documents with classified markings. That's according to Biden's lawyer, Bob Bauer. Bauer put out a statement on Saturday night. He didn't specify the exact number of documents seized, but says six items with classified markings were found. Some date back from Biden's time as a senator. Others were from his time as vice president in the Obama administration. Bauer says some of Biden's handwritten notes were also taken. The search was conducted with Biden's lawyers ahead of time. His personal and White House attorneys were present for the operation. The president and first lady were not there during the search. And Biden's current top aide, Ron Klain, is preparing to leave the job in the coming weeks. The president has reportedly decided who his next chief of staff will be. That's according to people familiar with the matter who spoke on condition of anonymity. They say they're not authorized to discuss publicly Biden's plans before an official announcement. Klain spent more than two years as Biden's top aide. The sources say he's planning to step down after the State of the Union address in February. Biden is expected to name Jeff Zients to replace Klain. Zients ran the administration's response to the COVID-19 pandemic at the start of Biden's term. Zients is known as a consultant with more business experience than political background, but he does have managerial expertise in both the private sector and government. He was the director of the National Economic Council during the Obama administration and acting director of the Office of Management and Budget. He also served as a top executive at a Washington consulting firm. Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs says illegal immigrants at border communities will continue to be moved out of state under her watch. A contract signed on January 14th says the busing program will be expanded to chartered flights on a 737. Hobbs says the program, started by former Republican Governor Doug Ducey, has merit, although she says it needs review to make sure it's effective. President Biden and other Democrats have called the practice cruel and politically motivated. Hobbs says it provides support to border communities. One difference Hobbs wants to make is sending migrants to their final destinations instead of transporting them to so-called sanctuary cities like New York and Chicago. Spokespeople for Hobbs say this is to have them meet up with their sponsors. They added they are looking at all travel options and trying to find more cost-effective ways. Rochelle Silk Richardson is questioning the manner in which her sister Lynette Diamond Hardaway died. The two made up the conservative commentary duo known as Diamond and Silk. Here's Richardson at a press conference. Don't you dare call me a conspiracy theorist. Because I saw it happen. I saw how it happened. I was there when it happened. And it happened suddenly. I want America to wake up and pay attention. Something ain't right. It's time to investigate what's really going on here and get some answers to why are people falling dead suddenly. 
Richardson says she and her husband performed CPR on her sister until the ambulance arrived. She says EMS did everything they could. Meanwhile, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene reacted on Twitter. She is calling for a, quote, immediate investigation into COVID vaccines and the dramatic increase of people dying suddenly. NTD recently published an article from the founder of the spiritual practice Falun Gong, Mr. Li Hongzhen. The article is translated from Chinese. It's called How Humankind Came to Be. Mr. Lee says it contains an urgent message for the world's people and authorized NTD to publish the article. He says the contents disclose carefully guarded heavenly secrets. He talks about why the world is in such chaos these days and the importance of morality and virtue. He also delves into the meaning of human life, creation, and the stages of the universe. You can come to your own understanding of the deeper meanings by reading it. The article can be found on NTD.com. And coming up, the latest development. Germany might give its approval for Poland to send tanks to Ukraine. And General Motors has announced it will invest almost $1 billion across four of its plants. The company says the investment will facilitate development of new SUV engines as well as electric car components. Get the details after the break. Welcome back. Former UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson met with Ukrainian President Zelensky in a surprise visit yesterday. During his time as Prime Minister, Johnson sought to position London as Kyiv's top ally in the West. Johnson was personally welcomed by Zelensky and a row of top officials, including the foreign minister and the head of the president's office. During his trip, Johnson also visited Borodyanka and Bucha. The two suburbs of the Ukrainian capital saw some of the most intense fighting in the first phase of the war. The regional governor showed Johnson the extent of the damage on a tour around destroyed apartment blocks. It's a possible breakthrough for Ukraine. Germany's foreign minister said on Sunday her government would not stand in the way if Poland wants to send its German-made tanks to Ukraine. German Foreign Minister Annalena Baerbock said on Sunday her government would not stand in the way if Poland wants to send its German-made Leopard 2 tanks to Ukraine. Ukraine has been asking Western allies for the German-made tanks for months, but Berlin has so far held back from sending them or allowing other NATO countries to do so. Baerbock's statement comes after Poland signaled that it could send the tank without Germany's approval. Her remarks appear to go further than German Chancellor Olaf Scholz's comments at a news conference in Paris earlier that day. Scholz said that Germany will not slacken support to Ukraine and will continue to act as long as necessary, but that all decisions on weapons deliveries will be made in coordination with allies, particularly the United States. Germany has faced mounting pressure to send Leopard 2 tanks, which is considered one of the West's best, to Ukraine. Western allies met Friday to discuss the issue, but did not reach a decision. The Kremlin spokesman said on Friday that Western countries supplying additional tanks to Ukraine would not change the course of the conflict and that they would add to the problems of the Ukrainian people. French President Emmanuel Macron said he did not rule out the possibility of sending Leclerc tanks to Ukraine. He added that the move would have to be coordinated with allies such as Germany over the coming weeks. Outgoing Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern's Labour Party has lost its shine with New Zealand's farmers and other rural voters. That will be a major challenge for her successor. Here's more. I think we'll call it 
a day. Abroad, Jacinda Ardern was a global icon for left-leaning politics and women in leadership. But domestically, the outgoing Prime Minister struggled to connect with rural New Zealand. As a result, her party's popularity has plummeted, a major challenge for Chris Hipkins, who is set to replace her as leader of the Labour Party and the country. Farmers and rural voters say reforms by the Labour Party, meant to improve the environmental impact of farming, are costly and ineffective, and will make their products less competitive. Scotty Bright is the Auckland representative of a farming lobby group called Groundswell. He says a government proposal that farmers pay for methane emissions from their sheep and cows is among unworkable regulations. Oh, this emissions um, tax, you know, the fart tax, it's going to mean, like all these cattle here, it's going to mean three, about $330 uh, per head. So on a farm like this, it's about $130,000, $140,000 a year extra tax uh, farmers going to have to find. New Zealand farmers are some of the most efficient in the world. They receive minimal subsidies but compete with top economies due to good practices, good farmland and a climate amenable to year-round agriculture. Most New Zealanders live in urban areas, but farming is key to the economy in a country with five times as many sheep as people. Ardern made the shock announcement on Thursday that she was resigning, saying she had no more in the tank. I think the worst thing would be that they didn't seem to listen to the farmers. It, it appeared that they were in their own bubble um, and they didn't really know the facts that um, the farmers, you know, what the farmers deal with on a daily basis. Part of her burnout may also have been caused by rural New Zealanders falling out of love with her. Ardern won over rural voters with her effective go-hard-go-early approach to lockdowns and sealing the border. That allowed her to form the first single-party government since New Zealand adopted proportional voting in the 1990s. But tractors and pickup trucks have descended on Parliament in nationwide protests against Labour's reforms, as that vote has now largely swung back, angered at Labour's efforts which also include plans to reduce water pollution from fertilisers and animal waste, change the leases on high country ranches, and overhaul water systems. General Motors says it will spend more than $900 million to update four of its factories. The company has allocated the bulk of the money to an engine plant in Flint, Michigan, and intends to build the next-generation V8 for big pickup trucks and SUVs at the location. Factories in Rochester, New York, Defiance, Ohio, and Bay City, Michigan will also see investment. The investment will also include the production of parts for future electric vehicles. The company says no new jobs will be created through the investment, but it will, be, it will aid in preserving nearly 2,500 existing positions across the four sites. Chinese Lunar New Year was this past weekend, and all eight companies from Shen Yun Performing Arts had performances at the same time globally. NTD's David Lamb spoke to audience members at Colorado's Ellie Calkins Opera House. Ringing in the Lunar New Year for 2023, Shen Yun Performing Arts is here in Denver, Colorado, portraying China before communism. Mesmerizing and absolutely eye-catching. You can't take your eyes away from it. Oh, I think it's great. I, th I think it's, uh, it's really lovely to see the art come back and the, the ancient cultures come back, and the appreciation, and actually the blend of the audiovisual. Kind of makes it updated, but it's still traditional, which I think is a nice blend. 
I lived up to the expectations. Like I said, I was very excited and it was very interesting to be able to see some of the uh, Chinese culture, especially through dance. Oftentimes culture can be best represented through things like dance, music and food. And uh, so it was, you know, we got two of the three there. We loved it. New York-based Shen Yun began in 2006, and its dancers use classical Chinese dance to show 5,000 years of Chinese culture. Every one of them, every single one of them is amazing. They're all so precise. Uh, they're all in sync all the time. They each know what everybody else is doing, and it's all just a unit that performs as a unit. You could tell that they are uh, truly masters of their craft. They have practiced many, many hours, I'm sure, and uh, they executed beautifully. And I could tell that they were also enjoying themselves while they were doing it. Very talented dancers. Yeah, well, the the skill level is very impressive. Yeah, it, it's it's hard if you if you really pay attention to it and see what they're actually doing because there's so much in, so much moving but you actually look at the technique it's pretty impressive i was a gymnast for many many years and it's yeah the stuff they do is very impressive the artists achieve this through expressing traditional chinese values and culture inspired by faith in the divine uh, it's interesting for me to get some insight into the culture that i know very little about in china and to introduce into that some of the modern day problems that still exist uh, was enlightening. I think that it's important that some of the cornerstones that are a part of somebody's faith is what truly helps them build character and become the people that they need to be. And ultimately, that's what can help us all create a better society. Shen Yun is returning to Colorado again in March. Reporting in Denver, Colorado, David Lamb, NTD News. The Chinese Lunar New Year celebration will last till the Lantern Festival in February. It is steeped in traditions dating back hundreds of years. We hear from a museum curator how China's most important holiday was once celebrated in the imperial court. Let's take a look. Enter the world of 18th century court life for a Lunar New Year celebration fit for an emperor. Here at the Hong Kong Palace Museum, visitors can experience how one of China's longest ruling emperors, the art-loving Qianlong, celebrated the holiday. I would describe the Lunar New Year celebration as a symphony of the senses. Uh, you know, it's, it's less about, you know, what you see, fabulous things, but also you have to imagine what the emperor and his families would hear, what they would taste, what kind of things they would touch, and what are the aromas they would smell? We really have to use all our senses to imagine what happened 300 years ago inside the Forbidden City. Everything has a hidden meaning. For example, if you look at a beautiful vase, it means a peace, because ping and a ping are right. The character for vase has the same pronunciation with the character for peace. There are tons of fertility symbols as well but also gourd. The gourd contains many, many seeds. And also the gourd is known in China as hulu. And it has a similar pronunciation with the words for wealth and auspicious. One of the gallery's standout pieces is a regal dragon robe in vermilion silk and real gold thread. Festival attire for the emperor and only the emperor. 
But there are many holiday traditions from the Imperial Palace that are still practiced today, like the decorative use of colorful and symbolic flowers, as well as hanging wall decorations carrying auspicious messages. I hope that a lot of visitors will come and really connect these ancient objects uh, with their personal life today. Chinese New Year is China's most important holiday and also one of the busiest times for travel for Hong Kong, which until recently endured some of the world's toughest COVID restrictions. The holiday is a much needed boost for the tourism sector. Visitors can venture inside the new $450 million building, a treasure trove of relics, more than 900 on loan from Beijing's Forbidden City, all inviting discovery in the year of the rabbit. Coming up, a story of kindness and patience. Find out about the blind horse that got a second chance at life after the break. Good to have you back. When a horse lost his eyesight, instead of sending him to a butcher house, his owner trained him and helped him achieve greatness but it took an enormous amount of patience and perseverance. Let's take a look. The life of a blind horse could be limiting or even tragic, but Endo, a 22-year-old blind horse, defied the odds by breaking three Guinness World Records. His owner, Morgan Wagner, never expected such achievements, but her undying support gave him a new life with new possibilities. I never had a goal for Endo. My original hope was just for him to be happy in his stall eating food Anything other than that was just a bonus. Wagner raised Endo since he was a baby. After he lost his eyesight, she felt the need to help him regain as normal a life as possible. But training the now blind Endo was difficult. When he first went blind, there was one thing I wasn't expecting. It was dizziness. When he went completely blind, he would get dizzy when we did circles. So we put a lot of work into that. I think that was the biggest obstacle. Wagner had no experience training a blind horse, and neither did other trainers. So she developed a new way to train Endo after discovering the power of voice cues. So if I want a part of his body to move, when I make a sound, then I just tap with the stick until he moves, and then a reward, and then I put it to voice cue, and he knows maybe 40, 50 words right now. Because Wagner had no expectations for Endo, she let him pick the pace. After he got one thing mastered, we would go on to the next, and then we wound up jumping without stopping for the record. Um, so yeah, just keep trying, but slowly. After years of patience and perseverance, Wagner's efforts finally paid off. Now I just turn him out and he takes care of himself. Additionally, Endo earned recognition from Guinness World Records for his exceptional abilities. Highest free jump by a blind horse, fastest time for a blind horse go. to weave five poles, right and most flying changes by a horse in one minute, meaning changing the direction of his front and hind legs simultaneously. Wagner hopes to motivate other owners to pay more attention to their disabled horses. Reporting by Angela Moy, NTD News. That's all for today's program. We'd love to hear from you. You can share your thoughts and your story at goodmorningandntd.com. So shoot us an email if you'd like. Thanks for watching. I'm Kevin Hogan.